Welcome to a new episode of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This week, we're featuring a special Q&A from the 50th edition of New Directors, New Films with Theo Anthony, the director of All Light Everywhere, the closing night selection, moderated by FLC's assistant programmer, Tyler Wilson. Theo Anthony's breakthrough sophomore feature uses the increased regularity of body cams in the U.S. law enforcement as the anchor point for an ever-expanding exploration on perception, power, and policing. All Light Everywhere is now playing nationwide in our virtual cinema through May 13th during New Directors, New Films. If you missed a film from the first half of the festival, you can still watch it with our virtual all-access pass. To celebrate this milestone year of NDNF, use promo code SAVE40 during checkout in our virtual cinema to get 40% off the pass. Now, let's go to the talk. I'd like to introduce the director, writer, and editor of All Light Everywhere, Theo Anthony. Hey, Theo. Hey, Tyler. Hey, thanks for Zooming with me. <laughs> thanks for uh, Zooming with me. Yeah. Good to be <laughs> here. Uh, where are you calling in from? Uh, I'm calling from Hudson, New York, um, which is where I'm based these days. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've been living here full time for uh, a little over two and a half years now, um, but obviously still a deep, deep connection to uh, Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to maybe just start things off by well by thanking you for the film and and sharing it with us for new directors you know it's you know obviously it's it's a film that is sadly growing you know increasingly relevant by the day and you know it's strange doing this sort of pre-recorded discussion about a film like this because I just kind of I wonder what the state of things you know will be once this Q&A is released um yeah I think we're all seeing a bit too many like axon watermarks these days. Um, but yeah, n- nonetheless, um, I think there's a lot to talk about now. Uh, you know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen the film a few times at this point and, you know, each viewing leaves me with different questions. Uh, and, you know, I'm thinking maybe a lot of these questions are not necessarily questions that I should be asking you, uh, if that makes sense. Um, you know, they're questions that uh, are kind of thrown back to me, you know, the role that I'm playing as as a viewer watching this film. Uh, and, and I think I think your documentaries, you know, this one especially, you know, really have a rare way of of engaging the audience, you know, placing us so seamlessly into your thought process as a filmmaker. And, you know, you have a, a way of of making me feel very much a part of this film, too. Uh, like, I, I really do share in your curiosity and, you know, your clarity of thought throughout uh for me it's like a it's a pretty fundamental like aspect of your film you know this feeling of not being talked to or talked at rather but but actually quite involved and like active you know treated treated with respect uh and and yeah invited to to think seriously about you know what what we're seeing you know to say nothing of you know the fact that you know the end, end of the day i'm just still the viewer but yeah, maybe maybe first I'd like to hear more about this aspect of, of your style, uh, you know, your way of using the process of research within the film itself, you know, the way you've constructed your film's shape to, at least to me, like almost resemble your train of thought and, and yet remain so, you know, coherent and stimulating, you know, 
I, this is uh, this is a film that I think that has wound up to be like you know philosophical and enlightening, but also so grounded and artistic. Um, yeah. So yeah, I get. I guess simply put, I'm just kind of curious how your mind works with each yeah. project. Uh, you know, what what system you follow to organize ideas and so on. Uh, yeah. Well, I could. Yeah, any one of those things I could could, yeah, could I talk to for a long time. Um, but I mean, first off, just thank you so much for that really generous interpretation and uh, your programming team, this festival, and 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 many other festivals at Lincoln Center have just been such incredible supporters of my work. So it just really means a lot to bring this film um, to you guys and to this audience. So this is just really a, a, a dream for us. Um, yeah, I think um, I think I really agree and appreciate with a lot of uh, what you've said. I think um, really crucial to this is that I don't try to place myself as an expert. Um, each one of these projects, whether it's rat film or subject to review or all that everywhere, it's you're, I didn't start out as an expert and I actually knew very little about all of these different topics and, and, and areas. And I think what you're, what you're seeing in the film is me just really trying to tackle these ideas and to understand them. And I think that maybe speaks to how I treat my audiences. Um, I think that no one likes to be talked at and no one likes to kind of be, uh, spoken to as if you aren't capable of putting things together. I think actually the, the biggest thrill is like leaving all these different pieces and allowing you as an audience to put them together in some way. Um, so we're always really trying to thread this, uh, thread this line between um, leaving it open-ended, but while also uh, giving just enough context and, uh, yeah, I think that that's, it's, it's just, it's a very, very fine line that we walk. You know, I think that there's like, we went too much further, this would be, you know, uh, an explainer video. And, you know, if we went, if we pulled back, I think it would be really inaccessible. And I think that that's, we really want these ideas to be accessible because I don't think that they have to, um, you know, when we talk about philosophical ideas, there's just this, this, inherent distance that we feel as if they don't affect us in the here and now. And I think that the act of seeing and the different institutions and, and powers that, uh, and how they see and how they treat different forms of vision are really like fundamental at a material level to, to just our everyday experience. And, you know, we're obviously seeing that in the news right now play out. And so, uh, yeah, we just felt like a real, like actually moral imperative to make uh, a lot of the, uh, core ideas in this film uh communicable to to the audience so um so yeah yeah so maybe can you talk a little bit about you know the, the genesis of of the project you know where or when this this film really started for you yeah it, it's really hard <laughs> you know with rat film i had like such a like very particular you know seed moment of that rat in the trash can and like this all these films kind of feel like the same film at this point. So it's hard to tell where one thing ends and another begins. It kind of feels like all these different ways of like all these different trails around the same mountain, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, I think this film just takes a lot of ideas that I've explored in, in previous projects, you know, for one, it takes place largely in Baltimore, um, which is where I, you know, was living for most of the production of this film. And, obviously grew, grew up and around, you know, in, in, in Baltimore. Um, but um, 
Yeah, and then it just is looking at the structure of systems and, and how power kind of uh, works its way through these systems and what that lived experience of, um, of those power abuses, you know, can be. Uh, I think really the, if I were to have like a clean beginning of this film, it would be really in the aftermath of like the murder of, of Freddie Gray, um, which is so crazy. It's coming up on like six years now, six years ago. Um, and just being in Baltimore then and just like looking at um, the conversation on police reform that was happening and, and uh, just see, that was really ground zero for testing this new wave of, um, of reimagining policing. This was still during Obama's you know, presidency. And uh, one of the big uh, reforms was around body cameras and everyone was pushing these body cameras in. And um, I just started to look more into the company. I didn't know anything about body cameras. And pretty quickly, I just found out that this company, Axon, um, which had just was in the process of rebranding from Taser, um, also made you know, these, these weapons. And I thought that that link between um, weapons and cameras was, was a really compelling one um, that I just kind of followed this thread for a long time. And I think going back to what you said at the beginning, there was always this worry that um, that this film would like feel out of date and like the cameras were always changing, the tech was always changing, but we really always had to like pull, take a step back and realize that we're not journalists, that we're telling this, um, we're telling this longer story. And uh, I mean, unfortunately you're seeing in the headlines and who knows what, what will be happening, you know, in a few weeks from now when, um, when the, when the, Cho the Chauvin um, uh, decision is, is, is announced and, um, you know, sadly, these things are are always relevant and, and continue to be relevant. And if you, if you look back, at, they were relevant 100 years ago, 150 years ago and, and before that. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really it, it, it took a lot of ideas that I've been working with for, for a while now and just um, kind of continued uh, in this way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you, you know, you're mentioning that this this film in in at least some form was on your mind for maybe up, upwards of six years now. Um, and yeah, I think anyone familiar with your, your other films would no doubt see a kind of thematic linkage, uh, a, a progression of, of ideas and, you know, specifically, yeah, how, how power, your, your interest in power in general, how it's wielded. Um, but also I think th this film, Rat Film, they're both films about Baltimore uh, and how the city has become uh, a testing ground for policy and, and tech. And um, I'm just generally curious about um, the, the many other elements that we see in the film and, and you, you know, just when they sort of came into the, into the fold and, and just generally how like the passage of time over these years shaped the film. Like for example, when did uh, this, this focus group sequence come into, the, into play? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm always, um... I'm always going down the rabbit hole with my research and, and, and when I find these uh, synchronous moments across different threads, that's always, I know that there's something there. And, um, you know, uh, with, with All Light Everywhere, I, I found this connection, uh, you know, between the makers of the body, body camera axon and um, the weapons and, in, in some diff totally un unrelated at the time reading that I was doing, I was reading about early cinema and you know how 
the photographic rifle was actually literally the first portable movie camera. And um, it's, it, I was reading it in this book called uh, Tenth of a Second by Jimena Canales, which is this really incredible um, survey of a lot of these uh, instruments and, and sort of uh, mid 19th century visuality. Um, so uh, yeah, so I just found this really compelling link that you know here's this company that's making these guns and making these cameras and this goes way way back and um, you know I, I, as all of these ideas were uh, on the backdrop of I think like 2016 was this obviously really pivotal shift. Um, Facebook, at least on a very mainstream level, was going from this cool place where you hung out with your friends to actually this really nefarious presence in people's lives. And they were starting to really talk about that on a, on a really large scale. And um, the term fake news was really hitting the mainstream. And I just started thinking a lot more about, more about the frames that we use to, uh, uh, you know, visualize our, our current events and less about like the stories themselves. So I really got very interested in like the, the infrastructure of these, of these images. Um, and yeah, you know, I think that I'm, I'm, I, I've heard about this company uh, that was doing these focus groups using these uh, uh, tools. And um, I just was really interested in, in, in this, in this idea of, watching people as they watch and how actually the act of looking becomes a productive site in itself and it produces data which is then extracted from you and uh you know becomes valuable in, in another person's hand so um yeah i just thought it was like this way of of actually further implicating um the audience not just as a passive uh you know consumer of the content but actually as an active participant in the meaning of, of the film and and to further question their own position when they're when they're uh yeah viewing the film hi i'm clinton crit and i'm devika girish we're the editors of film comment this thursday may 6th we're launching the brand new film comment letter it's a free weekly digital newsletter featuring original film criticism and writing including the film comment podcast features reviews interviews streaming picks news and more the letter will be delivered directly to subscribers' inboxes every Thursday before being made available on filmcomment.com the following Monday. Sign up today at filmcomment.com and receive a free digital download of a film comment back issue of your choice. Support independent film journalism. Support film comment. I, I kind of want to talk about two sequences in the film sort of in conversation with each other, which is uh, that of the, the Axon headquarters. Um, segment the, this the tour of, of the the headquarters in in Arizona and and then this segment with persistent surveillance systems at the Baltimore community meeting um, because I think the differences in these sequences are quite stark uh, you know obviously both parties involved in front of the camera are aware of the camera but the effect is quite different um, that we mm -hmm. see Steve at Axon he's he's super game uh, to you know work with you actually like follow a certain choreography um, around the space, you know, your freedom to move um, yourself is actually pretty clear. Whereas in, in this community meeting, it's, it's, it feels very enclosed and cloistered and, you know, faces are blurred and there is a tenseness of the meeting that, that is definitely, you know, just felt in, in the way it's filmed. And I, well, I'm curious, like what ideas or expectations, you know, you brought to these particular segments of the film and, um, you know, what the circumstances were for your initial involvement 
uh, and then what it actually felt like and like how things changed, you know, the day of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, um, I think really early on, I was treating all these different sections like a lab experiment, you know, or I'd like, I'd be, oh, I was drawn to Axon and I, we got our access there and, you know, we planned everything out and we, uh, it, it felt very controlled and we were moving, you know, from section to section through these very deliberate choreographed sequences. And, um, you know, with Axon, I think I have a way of working now where I, try to be very um, upfront and like very explicit with the details of, um, of filming uh, with, with the subject beforehand. I, you know, we have extensive conversations. Um, we are, uh, we, we do a lot of research into the environment, the location um, with Axon in particular, we watch um, all of the corporate videos that they'd ever released and got used to that sort of visual language that they were comfortable in working with and in designing our shoot um, mimicked that. Um, the idea being that we actually were really interested in that performance that, that, that they bring and you can see that and how comfortable Steve is. Um, and yes, we were just moving through all these different um, sequences in the film. And um, I think our plan with the persistent surveillance solutions was that it would be another um, scene like that where we had this kind of very closed environment and it would we would come in with a shot list and get exactly what we needed um, originally we were only supposed to um, film just with Ross just in that dark room him showing us the program and kind of like off the cuff um, Ross invited us to a community meeting and we actually weren't even thinking of going at the time it kind of felt like it was sort of outside the purview of, of what this film was. And um, it also kind of went against my instinct of like, I, I didn't know the people I was gonna be filming. I don't like showing up unannounced. I'd, I'd like to really bring people in as much as possible to the act of filming. And um, this wasn't that. And, you know, I think that, that discomfort and that tension, you know, as soon as we got there, we really tried to, um, speak to as many people and let us know what we were doing, but, you know, you have people coming in and out and, you know, you see, you know, we're, we're, we're in a, we're in a community space, specifically like a, a black church and, you know, we're, we're uh, white filmmakers with, you know, someone who's white with his own film crew, who's another white guy. And, you know, there's not really that sort of differentiation between the different gazes there and um, things got, uh, didn't go as planned. I, I think that anyone um, in that room did not foresee the, the, the conversation that unfolded. Um, but I think that it is actually, I mean, the ideas expressed were so like passionate and articulate and like just so grounded in like the other side of these kind of abstract technologies that I've been talking about for the rest of the film. You know, we, we really tried to focus on perpetrators, not victims for this film. I don't, I didn't want to frame anyone as a victim. Um, and we were more interested about in these tools. And um, that scene wasn't people speaking as victims, but just as like really complex, fully fledged, unique people bringing their experiences um, with policing, with surveillance, with all of these different projects that get hawked to communities all the time. And, you know, it, it, it produced like this really, 
complicated dynamic that I that 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 you see on camera that directly implicated me. And um, you know, our film starts out with this blind spot, right? And uh, I thought it was actually really important to um, yeah, just to include that and not just to further cut myself out of the frame as another blind spot in the image. And um, yeah, you know, that, that, that night, everything changed with the film. And I think we saw that you can't, like films aren't lab experiments. They, there's, there's chaos and complexity and, and outcomes that you can't control. And that actually, if you try to control everything, you end up with this like really cold, sterile, lifeless production, you know, that, um, and so, yeah, I think that that was, that was just part of our, um, you know, remaining open to that and, 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 and trying to be vulnerable and honest about that interaction, even if it did implicate us. Um, on this notion of the, you know, following your instinct, then I, I, I want to go to the, to the end of the film. Um, you know, in the end, you leave us with this footage of the Frederick Douglass high school students, like working in, in their production class, you know, um, playing with this technology that, you know, like we just w sort of thought about in a very unique way for, for the hour and a half or so preceding it. And then, and, you know, you mentioned that this was at one point the core of the film. And I'm just curious if you can elaborate more on, you know, what it was that ultimately pointed you away from using the footage in, in the way you initially conceived. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, I think it was it was a series of a lot of different conversations and um, and spanning years and uh, you know we so yeah like where to even begin it we we, we spent so much time you know that with in that classroom you know with with the students and and with Dr. Pat and and Miss Young and just everyone else in that classroom and. Um, you know, we were we were making this thing together, and it was really it was supposed to be in this film about technology and vision and power, and and the kids were always occupied this place of life and like resistance and like just this space of possibility within the film, and they were that, and they did you know, and and we made some amazing things together, and when we got to the end of the film, we realized that you had a film that was telling one very particular specific narrative of the violence of, of image making. That's not like the only history there is, but there is a thread of, of, of violence and image making um, that is, is very real. And um, this film was trying to unsettle that, deflate it and leave space for other possible outcomes. And we got to like this final cut, you know, and the, the kids were in there. We didn't know how to do it. It, it. it felt like just through the nature of editing, like you, you have, you have, I mean, it's like cinema theory, like one-on-one, like you just have image A and you have image B, you know, you have this image of a guy pointing a gun and you have image B, right. Of, of a kid holding a camera and they're just, it always felt like they were the targets of that. And, you know, it's a, it's a classroom, you know, uh, you know, uh, less than a mile from where Freddie Gray was killed, you know, and that, that, that high school for, you know, Frederick Douglass High was the real epicenter 
of, of the unrest. And so they're no stranger to that, right? And, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're being explicit about it, like to be like young and black in this country is to be a target, you know, by, by police. Um, but I began to question my own role as reasserting that framing of these kids as targets when they're just like a bunch of high school kids having fun with cameras, imagining lives for themselves that didn't necessarily fit into my framework that I had been shoehorning them into. Um, so yeah, we just, we reached this really, really, it was a really difficult decision. And, um, you know, we, we decided that in the end, whatever we had made together was this, it was this incredible process, these incredible images. They made their own film with the footage, you know, it's like, it's out there. And like we, um, I, it was always important that whatever we did together existed independent of the film, that they weren't working for me, that we were, you know, we were providing resources and, and whatever help we could to, to help them make their film. So in the end, we realized that they were making their own film that didn't belong in this film. And, um, you know, I think that the thing that I feel good about is that like, I think that in the end, like we did have like a, a, a great experience together. And I think that like, I like the idea of a film that can produce these relationships that exist outside of, of, of just existing for the sake of the film, um, that there's, a film can be a platform for other things to happen and you don't have to jam it all in as evidence of all the things you did. You know, we don't have to, a film doesn't have to necessarily be a political act. The, the politics can take place outside of it. The, the, the direct action can take place out, out of it. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a long process. And, you know, I think there's, we tried to be honest to that. It's the same thing, you know, with a community meeting where it's like in the end, um, in the end, we just tried to be honest to the process and not try to like turn it into something that it wasn't, you know, just said very explicitly what happened and um, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it also goes back to that idea you mentioned just earlier about, um, you know, you, you, you avoid, you know, pulling sequences of this, of really violent body cam footage because, you know, perhaps ultimately this film is not necessarily about this explicit violence, but actually the, you know, the, the violence and, you know, the, the systems of power that are actually happening around it. What is actually like allowing this tool to even be used to capture this footage in the first place, this, this, this more latent, less obvious kind, kind of violence. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. I think that maybe more interesting than like what we did show in this film is, is, is like, what we didn't show or like what we, what, what we perceive the limits of visual, like visualization to be within this film. And I think that, you know, one of our very first rules we made was that there was going to be no body camera footage in this. There was going to be no violence in, there's going to be no explicit on-screen images of violence in this film, you know, because we are so trained as audiences to see that and to be numbed by that. I just, I, I, as a, as a filmmaker, especially as like, you know, a, a white filmmaker making films about policing and, and racial injustice or ha has these elements in it. 
not only about that. Um, I don't, I don't see any need, not any need, but I don't, I oftentimes doubt the, the use of re-traumatizing your audience for the sake of making a point. And then I think that it's like, almost like if you blot out the brightest thing in the room, you actually get to see all these more subtle shades of nuance of, of, and, and actually maybe see how the thing, how we got to that point to begin with. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of our, I mean, the same thing with the sun, right? It's like you just, you, you have this moment where, where the sun is eclipsed and all these other shades come out. And that was always something that we were um, using as a sort of aspirational model in our approach. Yeah. There are a lot of useful metaphors throughout this film for sure. I mean, um, I actually, I kind of want to, I only have, have maybe, I guess, one more question uh, to ask, which sort of goes back to the, the film's connection to, you know, your previous films, because I think this one shares uh, a few of the same collaborators, uh, particularly with Dan Deacon scoring the music and, and even Corey Hughes as your cinematographer, you know, both, you know, Baltimore-based artists in their own right. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about your, your working relationships with these guys and you know how it's evolved over the years and you know what you know what makes this particular cohort work so well um maybe we can start you know with Dan yeah I'll just I'll, I'll just add a, a couple names I also returned sure, to work with um with production company Memory which is real rock actor and uh Sebastian Pardo who also have another film El Planeta Amalia Ullman they produced that so it's so cool to see their you know their work also recognized in that way, it's an amazing film. And also uh, John McCone, who's the other producer on this film and is like an incredibly talented um, photographer, radio producer, filmmaker, artist in her own right. And um, she came on like a, like a year or two into the project and just like really um, it, it transformed, you know, it just really brought it to the next level. And so it's like, it's really just a, it's like six people made this whole film really. And, you know, we had a lot of help from the outside, but that's like the core group right there and you know I think I'm just like a big advocate of like of just working with people that you really love and trust and like I think that comes with its own complications but if you if you really all really believe in the project and you know you you just take on these really fluid roles and you can just do so much and um yeah, you know, I think every project that we do, we learn so much from. I, I, Corey, I worked with on uh, Subject to Review. We actually filmed this at the same time. Um, Subject, I started this film like almost five years ago and Subject to Review, we like took a year break basically and worked on that. Um, so I I almost joked that like the Subject to Review could be like an extended scene in this film. Um, but uh yeah, Dan, like I, I work with, uh, he's done all, we've worked together on all of my films so far. And we just have like a really beautiful trusting relationship where, um, you know, I'm not a musician and he just really lets me in on the process and just, um, you know, he trusts me to like, he, he gives me his stems. So he makes these like, he'll, he'll make a track and he'll like give me like a, a 10 layer stem and to like his masters you know and he like trust me a non-musician to go in and like get the timing right and then that'll generate a new idea and it just I don't know it's, it's just built on trust and love and respect and um yeah I mean it just we same Riel and Sebastian like that we just all we all just really know why we're there and um we don't <laughs> 
we have our own frustrations with the conventional ways of getting there. And we understand that like the types of films that we want to make are going to be harder because a lot of that, those familiar like support structures or those familiar ways of doing things just like don't really exist for what we want to do. And so we're just always figuring out a new way to do it. And um, we've just found a, I just found a really cool group of people who, who, um, who all believe in that and are, and are all hung for the ride. So um, yeah, I just, it's, I like, I like my team a lot. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's truly, it's, it's, I'm up here talking, but it's like, this is, a, it's, this is all of us right here. You know, it's, it's not just my voice speaking like this is, this is truly all of our film and they're responsible for it just as, as much as I am. Sure. Um, I think that's a nice note to end this on. Um, congratulations to you all. And um, the film is incredible. Thank you again. Theo, and yeah. Conversation. Thank you, Tyler. I'm really, really happy to have you here.